I thought oh, that was going to be like a thing about him being a hey. vegetable for weeks on end. All no, right. yeah, no. no, he's, I mean, no he's, he's been, he's dead. He did, he did, he did die years ago as well, William. Good. Let's be honest, in all of our hearts. Did he suffer? We can only hope. Nice. Um, shall we begin the show, boys? <laughs> can I just, have, can I just do a little bit of Hannibal Hospital theme? Right, go on, go on. Week 33 here at Every Number One Towers. We've invested in our staff and the number ones are being organised into the data set at a rate of 2 to 1 compared to our percentage metric when the company opened just 231 days ago. Shares are up and we've been added onto the 2023 Investors in People list. Take that, Dragon's Den! If you glance over the shop floors, you'll see the staff at Furnaces still pushing Gary Barlow's Love Won't Wait into the fiery fire. <laughs> Phew! Cop that eggy whiff! In the offices, the paper data is totted up and the Pantheon checked and updated. Minute by minute, they thumb and file. The overseers' faces deep in, <laughs> in them. The thumb it in. <laughs> The overseers face is deep in their microfiche, analysing the decisions, crunching the stats, action, bustle, eventualities. In your face, Sir Lord Alan Sugar, if that's your real name. On the board of the execs, drinking the cream and ready for the sharp end. Well, it's Time Magazine's Man of the Year 2017, and you were fantastic that year, Mr Craiglow. Yay. Well, thank you. And straightening up his picture on the wall, buffing his plaque and fiddling with his Newton's cradle. <laughs> you were proud of yourself though, weren't you? <laughs> you, know, you know what? I thought I was going to hold that one together. <laughs> it's the wizard of the machinery, the man with the algorithmic desire for justice. It's Dr. Liam Maloney. I like that. Algorithmic desire. And we're here. We're here. We're the music we're... Nazi. <laughs> How many minutes into the show are we? I don't know. I don't know. Um, anyone anyone get... have that on the bingo set? Yeah, go on, mate, do it. Let's name the machine. Uh, it's this button, isn't it? Yeah. And today's machine is called... R-A-M! <laughs> Point of note, R-A-M. Not R-E-M. It's a, it's a anyway. There you go. Oh, and he's quieting when he's silent. It's all right. I'm fur furiously writing down furiously writing down REM songs to pun with later on. <laughs> oh shit! I always forget about your game within a game, there, Craig. <laughs> it's all too meta. Um, shall we dive in? Dive away, See Tom Daly. Lock has been fired. <laughs> From the uh, from um, Michael Stipe's cannon. <laughs> That's what we're calling his penis wow. now. <laughs> oh.
Um, yeah, let's see what uh, Mitchy Boy's got for us. Um, so, it is me. I am first up. And let's just begin by asking Michael the Ram if he's got any facts for us. No, nothing. Never has that been his nickname, by the way. The Ram. <laughs> The Ram. The littlest man. Um, <laughs> ram Ram the littlest man. <laughs> he probably did. Um, so. <laughs> um, first up for me, my first number one was, I, I really look forward to this one. And I weirdly love this. Um, oh, God. So this was number one for Five weeks, and it first charted and hit number one on the 4th of May, 1991. I've actually written down all the months here, so fuck you, Craig. (laughs) Uh, Interesting fact before we jump into this. This tune was originally written um, for the Shirelles. What is a Shirelle? Um, Who rejected it? (coughs) And then it was covered by Mary Clayton of Gimme Shelter fame. Right. Um, but that didn't even chart. It then charted in the US by someone else, and then it charted over here um, in this iteration. So here we go. Does he love me? I wanna know. Tis Cher. And the Shoot Shoot song from the hit motion picture Mermaids. Yes, that was a film that was made. Um... <laughs> <laughs> have you ever seen it? No, no I haven't I've seen, seen I've, uh... I've seen the clips in the video for the Shoot Shoot song. Does that count? That's enough, isn't it? Yeah, that's all you need. I, really. I can't get past Moonstruck. Oh, what was the one with the... Was it Mask? Is that what it was called? That was, yeah, that was an 85 film. Sorry, I've just realised that we've yeah. had Cher. I need to let Jem know. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know when, Cher. What Cher happened? Jem, we've had Cher. Shoot Shoot song. No, what happened? You, you better fucking keep it. <laughs> it's a banger. I will. I'll go to the fucking wall for this one. Um, I actually the original or the, the one everyone knows is like the Betty Everett one. Mm. That was kind of where it came from, um, and the one that got popular. But I honestly kind of love this one more. I think it, it like it recalls my youth really vividly. Like I was six years old or something when this came out. And I have absolutely zero interest in Cher. I don't get the gay icon thing, zero interest. But I proper love this tune. What year was this out again, mate, by the way? Mid-91. 91. 91. Another bit of evidence, though, for your theory, Craig, that the 90s didn't start until about 1993. (laughs) Correct. 92. I I will give you this, though, that this kind of bit of knowing kitsch and that is exactly what we're dealing with here because you remember the video which was uh, set up to put Cher back in a kind of I got you babe glowing black and white curved up barnet yes. type stuff with the co-stars of Mermaid yes well yeah of course I know there was a tie-in <laughs> but like um, we had that knowing kitsch on the visual side with Weezer's Buddy Holly three years later so it is a returning theme and it was a for kind of a foreshadow of what we were going to get in the 90s which is looking at everything 30 years in the past and yeah. linking up so again I'm totally with you on the fact that it's not a true we're not in 90s 90s here but it 
it does it is leading the way in some way of uh, the route we were going to go down there you go excellent there's well, a sentence that never Craig. ended yeah i did it's the more it's the more where do you stand on this craig uh, I stand on this. It's, in, it's that wonderful period in Cher's career from about 1979 through to probably about 1993. Probably just, in fact, I believe is the fine is is the end note uh, where Cher <laughs> just managed to just throw out really solid sort of power rock after power rock album after album, hit after hit, uh, in in varying scampy cost, skimpy costumes, but. Uh, that no one actually asked for. Yeah. yeah, yeah, nobody asked for them, but she's <laughs> going to give them to you. Yeah, it, it, I will admit it isn't her straddling a, a Michael Stipe's cannon, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's belting. It's just it's just proper good pop music. When Cher can sing, she can sing. When Cher sings, she sings. I was about to say the Sheep Sheep song was tagged onto the Love Hurts album. Um, oh. I don't think it was on the original pressing. I think it was shoved on. Um, Bonus track, it, special one edition. Which, oh, I got well, yeah, no, yeah, that's a decent record. As Craig was saying, it's just a solid kind of from about, like I say, from about seventy nine through to the early nineties. Cher's album output was fairly consistent. It had that sort of Jim Steinman production to it. What Bonnie Tyler was doing, it was that sort of real power rock. It was just, it was awesome. But unlike a bit of Bonnie Tyler stuff, it's just that it was Cher stuff was the right side of MOR. It had the kind yeah. of like, you know, it had, a, it had a bit about it. It had well, it had a Cher in a leather jacket. There you go. One final quick question: Does your like peak Cher start at "Take Me Home"? Oh, I don't know. Possibly because that's yeah. seventy nine and that's disco Cher, and that's a, a challenge. Might be just might be the album after that. Then it might be eighty. Then there, I'm trying to remember. I, I do Prisoner all several share albums. It. Yeah, Prisoner's the one after that. But yeah, so yeah, you yeah. avoid disco share. I avoid disco as best I can. To be fair, Boo. do you avoid disco share, Liam? I do. So, yeah, right. So there you go. If you're avoiding disco share, I think Craig should avoid uh, disco share. And listeners at home, if you see disco share, I would avoid <laughs> disco share. Right, kitchen me. Where are we? Oh, like I, my head is in the vegetable crisper, mate. That almost sounds like it's nearly a go on one. It's not a go on one though, is it? Let's be honest. Well, I don't get to. I can't go on one because it's my three. But yeah. if I were you, I would go on one for these tracks. Okay. Well, I'm going to do what everyone else does when uh, they suggest that I go on one. Is I'm going to wait for the next <laughs> one. Um, Correct. Craig, where are you in the kitchen oh. of distinction? So far, I'm chirpy chirpy keep keep, but uh, we'll see what happens next. Right, can we have your second one, please, Mr. Maloney? Blood sand, right, okay. Um, so, this was... <laughs> in fact, let's ask the machine, let's ask R-A-M if they have any facts for me. No facts. Um, all I can tell you is this was number one for two weeks, starting the 19th of June at 68. 68. I will ask before I play, do you want to go on one? It's the Beatles, isn't it? He wouldn't he wouldn't be going on one if it was the Beatles. Mm. Oh no, it's the Stones. JJF. It's the RS with a JJF. What? 
jumping Jack Flash by the Rolling Stones. Yeah. It truly is a gas, gas, gas. It is. It's also a non-album single, which proves even more to me that the Stones were a bad band for albums. <laughs> I know that's not a popular thing because everyone goes, oh, but Exile on no, Main no, no, Street no, and th- Let It Bleed. And, 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 no, no, and, I think I think you'll find that's a more popular view than you think. Yeah? I really, I really do. I think you're pretty much on it there. Oh, okay. You know? The, the, everything you think you know about those two, and when I say those two, I mean the Beatles <laughs> and the Stones, is flipped. So everyone goes, "Oh, the Stones—they were like the kind of like the the scary band that you didn't want to take your girlfriend, you know, take take you back to your house and stuff like that." Whereas they were all public school by educated. It was the Beatles that were in Berlin at seventeen, shagging hookers and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And and they were poncing about and really just the one thing the stones did outdo with the beatles which was hit the drugs heavy early yeah. on and consequently what you got what what i mean aftermath is viewed quite high as you say let it bleed exile beggar's on banquet. main street beggar's banquet but i'm gonna call it now i someone implored me to listen to exile on main street and it's nah. it's it's the worst thing it's just not very good yeah. Why am I talking about Exile yeah. on Main Street? I'll tell you why. Jumpy Jack Flash is a classic. It's got to go in. I'm going on two, boys. Going on two. Wow. Craig? Wow. Uh, not even remotely. I cannot stand oh! Rolling Stones. Oh! Even remotely. Uh, Jumpy Jack Flash is not even remotely a gas, gas, or even three times a gas. <laughs> if, if I is, went on, if I went now, would we be allowed to put all three in? No, you're not. You, no, you're not no. allowed to go. No, oh, you're not. You're, you're not allowed to go. This, this is, this is just real, just basic stones. This is st- Rolling Stones for beginners. <laughs> That's sort of what the Stones do. That's I was about to say. You're not going to get yeah. much else. Um, it's not yeah. a cover. It's one of their own. It's it, it's a fabulous riff. It's a, a again a passable vocal performance from. Yeah. Uh, De- you De- either De- like Mick or you don't. Yeah. Well, I, and I'm very much so in the camp of it's a passable performance, <laughs> and that's as good as we're going to get. So um, yeah, it's got it's no pantheon worth its soul wouldn't have this in it for me so i've got to i've got to stay true with it it's got to go in and you're in share as well so have i dropped a bollock let us bloody see we need like a clang or something when people go on one or two we need something well we did, did themselves in. well i'm glad you've said that because i did there was a bell wasn't there <laughs> i think i've got to go on one <laughs> bell i'll go on two bell so yeah, yeah like a I'll, lock I'll put, sound i'll put a bell on it as the more observant would have noticed i didn't use a bell I use the goal music from Sega Mega Drive's European Club Soccer. Back to the pod. Um, speaking of bells, let's move on to number three. Um, R-E-M-R-A-M, the, the Michael Stipe thing. Do you have any facts for me? No more facts again. Um, I will tell you this is number one for two weeks, and it was first number on the 22nd of July, '89. Um, it is my absolute favourite song that came out from these guys. You know who produces that, right? I don't know the Blind song. Blind faces yet. all around, yeah. 
<laughs> do, do you not know who? Well, eighty nine, and it sounds like that. Is it Saw? Yeah, it's Doc Ek in Walkman. That you see that that sounds a little bit more housey. It that's, is a little bit. Yeah, it sounds really cool. Whereas you know, I'm expecting. Anyway, sorry. Give it a second. Let's see um, who's actually on it. It's lo- love won't Stansfield. keep together. Not Stansfield. Kylie, Kylie sorry. It's Kylie. It's Not Kylie. Kylie. Is it? Sonia. Sonia. Craig, so, I'm going to edit some of our guessing out there to learn to make us look less like putzes. <laughs> Sonia! No, I'm going to do it again. Do it again. Craig, do you know who is this, Craig? It's, it's our favourite ginger scouse that isn't still a black. <gasps> of course! Of course, it's Sonia! <laughs> oh, God. If, if we're really going to have to make the argument that we're Sunjun and uh, Sonia into... <laughs> it's uh, Never Stop Me From Loving You, isn't it? It is yeah, exactly it's never, never Stop Me From Loving You, yeah. And it's a great chorus. <laughs> I, I absolutely love this tune. I think it is the pinnacle of that Stock Aiken Waterman sound. It's a little bit cooler than the Mel and Kim stuff. It, it's not as cheesy in terms of what? like the... Te, 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 te. A little bit cooler than yeah. Mel and Kim. Well, well, within the spectrum of within, Stock Aiken Waterman. Within, within musical production, yeah, that the beginning of that, if you... It's difficult. This is It's quite interesting playing these songs blind, actually. Because if you were to say, Matt, I'm going to play a Sonya song now, immediately I would have discounted it as cheese and enjoyed it. But I really, that could have been, the beginning of that could have been like a remix of Good Life or something. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's got that kind of vibe to it. So, But I, I've got to agree with Craig. It's a singe in this all oh, day long. No, no, no it's, it's going in for me and I enjoy it. But if this song came up with two poor songs, they're all hitting the slammer, mate. You know oh. what I mean? But it, it's a it's a great chorus. And honestly, I'm, it, I'm taking all my might to hold myself back and not serenade you both with the chorus. But I'm not. So It's a great chorus though, isn't it? It's a really memorable chorus. Um, Craig, where are you, man? You know what would have made him? I think it would have been more memorable had Kylie Minogue sang it like she probably was intended to. Yeah. <laughs> have you As heard it's got uh, Kylie written all over it? Have you heard Padam Padam yet? No, I see the advert for it today. Fucking mental. Um, yeah. Uh, I'll, get, I'll let you do that in your own time. But yeah, Craig, how are you voting, my love? Is this. Uh, where are you in the kitchen? Where have you ended up in the kitchen? Where have I ended up in the kitchen? I've ended up near the bin, to be honest with you. It's a very, very soft bin from Craig this week. It's not good. I will refuse to unanimously keep Sonia and the Rolling Stones just because of a share cover. No, it's a soft bin. Your priorities are always so strange to me. Um, well, you know my opinion. I, this, I would have gone on zero for these three. Um they're so good. It's got to be a key. You'll never stop me from loving you. Anyway, Craig, you are up. Indeed. My first number one this week is unique number one, number 303. This was number one for four weeks from the 24th of July in the year of our Lord, 1971. Uh, A.M. Can the man on the moon tell me any facts relating to this track? 
Nope, not a zip. Sabanga uh, lads, press play. Ooh. Oh, get it on, Trex. Trex! Making a debut. Oh, it right. is Tyrannosaurus Rex. Elton John and the Joanna. That's correct. This is the track that John Peel fell out with Matt Bolan about. It is Get It On by T-Rex. This is the song. Yes. Sorry. Wiki, uh, Wikifist. Uh, this uh, Matt Bolan and uh, John Peel were the best of friends. And then John Peel saw this song as a massive sellout for T-Rex and going popular. And Matt Bolan never forgave him up until his death. And they never spoke again. Well. What a fucking poxy, poxy thing to follow. They deserved each other. Bang and gong. <laughs> oh, I've no... They argue the sellout thing. Right, sorry, carry on. Oh, that's... I'm, oh, I'm going on one. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I mean, it's a classic. Come on, it's... it's. If you're going to let uh, Matt Bolin in on this, I, I don't even know if he had a second number one after this, other than this They one. did have a run of singles that I think are very difficult. <laughs> Just forgot the, the, the debut album name. My people were fair and had sky in their hair, but now they're content to wear stars on their brows. Right. Um, they had bonkers, like Rider White Swan, that's them, isn't it? Have you got a favourite? I've got a favourite, Trex. Metal Guru. He's my favourite tracks. Hmm. Oh, Melgoru was was an up one. So we're gonna right. So tracks four. Wow. Four number ones. So this is the second of uh, their four number ones. We also have one, two, three, four number two singles. So four ones and four twos. Wow. How satisfying. <sighs> okay, so we we don't have to be wedded to this then. Oh, it's a classic, though, no, right? No, no, no. But like, if, if there is, is absolute gash coming up, we don't have to. Yeah, yeah. We're we're not we're not driving the mini into a tree with this one. Oh, Gloria. Oh. It's, it, it's 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 on the fridge side of the kitchen so far. Oh. I would say, as opposed to the fridge door is open. It's beeping at me. Absolutely. Oh yeah, you've got you've got one of those fancy fridges, haven't you? You've got a fancy fridge that tells you when you've left it open rather than just water on the floor. <laughs> it moves though. <laughs> Our fridge is called Mermintrude, um, and it's like it's got some like weird system in it, um, where like it circulates air so you don't get ice in the fridge. But it means that occasionally it'll just kind of sit in the background and go. Oh, it's Mermintrude. Um, cool. Excellent. Right. Well, moving on swiftly, shall we say, my second number one of this week is unique number one, number 1058. Hello. This, uh, well, before we go any further, R.A.M., tell all the shiny, happy people some facts. Hey, 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 hey. It's been. Yes, not only is it a one-week wonder, it is also a double A. This was number one for one week from the 19th of May in the year of our Lord, 2007. Uh, This is a tale of two tracks for me, and I absolutely adore one of them for reasons to be told afterwards. Press play. McFly. I, d- I don't know what McFly that is. 
Uh, that McFly is McFly's cover of Jellyfish's Baby's Coming Back. Oh my gosh, wow. This, this was the the five minutes of fame where Jellyfish finally resurfaced after they broke up in 1993. Sidebar for the listeners, stop this podcast right now, whatever you're listening to, and type in the words Jellyfish Spilt Milk yeah. and listen to the next 45 minutes of music. It is one of the greatest albums of all. In fact, number one album of all time for me, without wow. a shadow of a doubt. Wow, there you go. Uh, like that's a, bullet. a statement. Uh, Unfortunately, it's backed by the track Transylvania, which is not McFly at their best. Uh, if we can have a little taste of Transylvania. Is it, is it as good as Thunderbirds? That's that's busted. That's a whole different kettle of fish. <laughs> it's the same band, let's be honest. you. Could we, we hear some Transylvania, please? I don't think I can make that happen for you. Um, here's a bit of Transylvania. <laughs> Do we need any more than that? <laughs> yeah, we do! Oh, they've gone the whole fucking lot. If there's a la- is there a laugh in it as well? <laughs> Anne Berlin, she kept her tin Which all her hopes and dreams were in She plans to run away with him This sounds like something my students have done. I could have guessed, I could have taken years to try and guess what the opening words were. And I would never have gone for Anne Boleyn. (laughs) There you go. So not their strongest moment, Craig. Uh, For me, their strongest moment, backed by their least strongest moment, unfortunately for me. And this is the closest I'm ever going to get to my favourite band, Getting in the Pantheon. So me, this is a go on to if I had the option. I love Baby's coming back that much that I'll take a super cover of it from McFly. I think it'd be it's uh, if it's a song from you know one of your favourite albums of all time. Of course, it's going to go in, but it is. It's like a three-legged race, and the other person's dead though. That's the issue, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> but you're still dragging it over the line, Liam. Views. Yes, <sighs> it's fine. Um, that's a that's a classic low right there. TM, sorry. TM, Craig Low. I'm still, I'm still more towards the fridge than I am the bin, though. I'm totally unmoved by the the McFly thing. It's not my cup of tea, but it's certainly. I will say one thing though, compared to the pop punk that I kind of associate McFly with, that very 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 light, punky kind of rock thing they did. That is much more interesting. They are a better band the the further along they go in their career. I think by album three, uh, they they're showing interest, which is this is from. We get to album four, and they're an astonishing band. Star Girl. Yes, I was going to say Star Girl is also from this album. This is from okay. Mo- this is from the album Motion in the Ocean. And it's it's rare that I do this, but I'm kind of I'm not going on too, but I'm willing to trust you both that this is good. In that regard, then. Oh wow, we've earned trust. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. It's so taken. Let's... It's taken what two hundred odd days to get to this point. <laughs> it's fine. We'll squander it again soon. This enough. is this is Stockholm syndrome in action. I know there's going to be a knife right. in my back from Craig at some point in the future. Of course. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just torpedoing uh, everything right, in sight. On that note, let's move swiftly along to the last choice of the week. This is unique number one, number 587. This was number one for two weeks from the 14th of March in the year of our Lord, 1987. Oh, be good. Be good. Not good, 80s. Uh, 
Uh, A.M. It's the end of my round as I know it. Can you please make me feel fine? No. Nothing. Nada. Zip. Uh, let's go. Ooh. Rough. It took till the chorus for me to get this. You sheltered me from Oh, oh, it's everything I own by George. It is. Boy Ken George. Boone cover. Yeah. It's not. It's a bread cover. Oh, I thought, didn't Ken Booth do it? No, Bread did it, and then Ken Booth covered it, and Ken Booth got to number one. Um, if that would have been the first track, I would have gone on one. I th- oh, my even, goodness Even me. because it is the shit Boy George version, I'm assuming it's shit. Um, I think it's one of the greatest songs ever written. Oh, my God. I mean, it... To be fair, this reggae is so cod, it might as well be in a fucking chip shop, but <laughs> it is still, it is still a relatively good banger from Boy George, a post-Culture Club Boy George track. Um, do you know Carrie Ad Lloyd? Uh, uh, the no. kind of comedian. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, she, there is a link here, trust me. Um She's got this really good podcast, which is called Griefcast. Um, and mm. she used to sell badges, and one of the badges was, um, it said DDC on it, and it's for the Dead Dads Club. Um, and, yeah, so when the guy from Bread, whose name I, you know, much to my, um, David Gates, um, I do know his name, um, the guy from Bread who wrote this, wrote it about his dead dad. And I'm like, okay, as a, as a paid-up member of the DDC, I am 100% for keeping this tune. I, was, I just think it's fucking beautiful. Yeah, I've, I've had a couple of Dead Dads Club nights. That's all on board with that. We're all there, aren't we? Um, right, yeah. <laughs> From Matt, it's got a fine on the back of a crisper. I mean, actually, it's on. <laughs> oh, a lemon, a chilli and lemon Bombay mix. Yeah. Yum. But it's done in the colours of, like, a toilet cleaner. Yeah, it's not like that good, packet. is it? It's no. not good. But they've, they've got so many. Uh, anyway, no... It's 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 more than fine. The song, right? But I, I I do not have any real view on the song apart from the fact that I like it. It's quite nice. I, I it always pleases me that when a song brings out a, a different layer of emotion in someone I was not expecting. So to hear you, Liam, go, I'd go yeah. on one on this. Is that's that's wonderful. It it makes me feel quite bad that the first time I actually heard this song was not this version or any of the preceding versions. It was in a mashup version featuring Chrissy Hines and Jason Mraz with the Joker. Oh, <laughs> oh the Joker. We're gonna have to deal with that at some point. I have a difficult relationship with that song. That's grim. You know, well, by the sounds of things, though, this. In fact, can I skip to the chorus really quickly on this yeah, Boy yeah. George one? Yeah. I'm really curious to know what this fucking shite sounds like. <laughs> Oh, so he's kind of he's covering the Ken Booth version, really, yeah, yeah, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. It's grim, but in any format, that song, yeah. Did the Ken Booth one get to number one? It did. But we've got T Rex, a decent McFly cover of Jellyfish, and everything I own, and not UB40. Yeah, not far off though. You can you can whiff his. <laughs> no, I was going to say in, in 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 a blind taste test. Uh, <laughs> Six out, six out of ten people would say Ali Campbell when played the chorus, but yes. no, tis by George. <laughs> um, well, I'm on a keep, I think, for that one, lads. Craig, uh, keep from me. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And yeah, it's 
I probably it's the softer end of the keep spectrum for me, but it's a keep nonetheless. <laughs> Christ. Lovely. Right, my job's done. Baby's coming back in. I'll uh, just let whatever else in now. We're good. Let everything else can go in now. Well, <laughs> let's can, see I, what can I just can I just see? Yeah, let's see. <laughs> Facing us down is unique number one, number eight hundred and seventy-one. Hit the top spot on the nineteenth of August in the year. 2000 RAM. Any more information that we might need before we discuss? It's been give your meat a good old rub, hot and spicy meat. And what does that sting what mean, boys? That? <laughs> I don't was know. That, was that Ainsley Harrier? <laughs> play, play the sting again. Give your meat a good old rub, hot and spicy meat. Oh, is it the spice rack? Are we delving into the spice rack? We're into the spice rack hit play. <laughs> God. Welcome to the pleasure dome. <laughs> Liam's there. I turn to you. It's I turn to you by Mel C. Deep in the spice rack, Smell C with a high-ranking solo spice dish. I turn to you. Wiki fact me till I fart fist. With I turn to you, Melanie C achieved her tenth. Number one UK single, this is a good one actually, her 10th UK number one single as a songwriter and made it as the first woman to top the UK chart as part of a quintet, quartet duo and as a solo artist. With Holla, What's the duo this, one? Uh, Brian Adams. Uh, Brian Adams, yeah. Oh, of course, yeah. Lisa, With, Lisa Left Eye Lopez. Eh? R.I.P. Oh, rip. <laughs> rip her. Right. Uh, with with Holla, the Spice Girls' final UK number one, Mel C became the first female songwriter to write at least 11 UK number one singles. Wow. Mel C held this record until Madge achieved her 11th number one with Hung Up in 2005. And uh, yeah, and then lost it because Madge got a 12th. But that's how up there uh, Mel I mean- C was. It's carrying a lot of fucking good favour from the Spice Girls this to reach number one. I'm sorry. It Well, I don't know this... because... Um, when was the last time you heard it? Have you heard it all the way through, Craig? Yeah. I'm I mean, I don't expect it to win you over. It's it's good. Yeah. It always but reminded it's... me of Sonique. Yes. Yeah. While, while I'm just finishing this last paragraph, Liam, could you just drag up the album version, please? Because this is this is a remix. The the one that got to number one is a remix uh, beefed up by Hex Hector as uh, our little scout sport. Oh, in that case, I've played the wrong one. Oh, have you? Yeah. Um, I'll play the... I'll just drop the Hex Hector. Yeah, just drop, in drop it in. Oh, even dirtier. Yeah. Yeah, that's brilliant. It all feels it all feels four or five years too late. 
to the bin on this one because it is just it's it it's not great. It's poor. It's it's Joe Cockhead. I've I've no, I've no interest. <laughs> what do you, Liam? What's your take on an overwrought rock sixties rock version of a Beatles jaunty classic? It's five minutes long and it's the Beatles. Well, it's not. I mean, I know, but at least not. the Beatles are quick. It's like a, <laughs> imagine a long bad shag as opposed to like a decent two pump jump. Like, I don't know so what it's better. It takes something to get worse vocal delivery than Ringo Starr, but by God, he did it. <laughs> I just I'd yeah, I just find it a bit a bit wandering, a bit meaningless, a bit just just nothing to it for me. I, 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 when it first started, I was like, oh, I don't know this Who tune. Because I think Craig called out and thought. Yeah, it. I said it was the. Oh, I thought it was the Who. Yeah, yeah no, with that too, organ. Too too plodding for the Who. That too plodded, but. Yeah. <laughs> He's he is a singer, isn't he? Rather than a songwriter, is Joe Cocker. And I must admit, I got the live album Mad Dogs and Englishmen many many years back, and that's still a, a decent listen. When he does, it is. I think he does a version of Bird on a Wire on that, which is just absolutely glorious. This, however, not so much. When I say it was overwrought and quite difficult to listen to, I genuinely mean that. And I also, and I'm not being throwaway and you know a bit chipper here, but I can't watch him. <laughs> when he's singing it makes it, it, it I feel like he's either aping the disabled or putting himself through some kind of torture it's Plus. not great it's not great um, it's, just, it's, it's histrionic I think is the word I want to employ it's yeah. a lot of bluster mm. but he definitely has uh, in the positive column he definitely has an original voice you can def- you definitely know it is a Joe Cocker like Mel C when we say she had an original voice Mel C and Joe Cocker bedfellows that's what we're saying um, so you were Paul positive about uh, uh, not you Craig no, but Liam, you were not. positive <laughs> about Mel C where, where does where does this take you Liam um, I am uh, split down the middle I am absolutely dependent on this next track. Either it's um, a pile of garbage with some gold leaf on top, mm-hmm. or it is a slightly mouldy but edible apple, which is an odd way of framing it, but let's go with that. <laughs> it is. So, let's see what happens. When I say to you, this is unique number one, number 723. 90s. It hit it hit the top spot, slap bang in the middle of the nineties, Liam, on the twentieth of May, nineteen ninety five, and it definitely wow. rolled the middle of the nineties, Liam, because it was at number one for seven weeks. R A M. What other information do we have about this song? These songs are terrible, honestly. So. Oh, no, wait, 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 because you'll nail this. It's a double A side. It's cowl adjacent, but it's 1995. What could it be, chaps? Hit play. Don't know what this is going to be. Oh, it's Robson and Jerome. (laughs) Oh, God. Yes. Get in the bin, Robson. (laughs) (laughs) The band the Style Council could have been. Usually at this point they've said it's a double A side. Let's let's have a let's have a gander at the flip. What was, what no, was the flip on it? No, no. There'll be what bluebirds over the white cliffs of Dover. White cliffs. Uh. I was going to say I, I take great pleasure in the thought of being in Unchained Melody yet again. There'll be 
I mean, they did Under the Boardwalk after this as well, which I also think got to number one, which stands a decent shot of Sun Junning in, I'll be honest with you. (laughs) Like, what what were were they? London's Burning? They were... No, 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 it was Soldier Soldier. (laughs) London's Burning, that would have been ace. (laughs) In my brain, Robson and Jerome and Torville and Dean exist in this kind of weird bubble of the mid-90s. Well, they all ice skated. It's the last gasp of essentially soap opera, uh, riding on the fame of soap opera sort of heartthrob. I would say it, re- it, re- it reinvigorated it because it was so successful. Mm. It, it, oh, please, yeah, I mean. Please give me two and a half minutes of your time as we take this mother down. Here we are. The biggest selling single of 1995. It sold 314,000 copies in its first week. At that time, it was the fastest selling debut single in UK chart history. All in, it sold 1.8 million copies. It was the biggest hit in the UK for Simon Cowell, marking his beginning as a significant figure in the music industry. It was produced by Mick Stock and Matt Aitken. It was later revealed at Mike Stock that the vocals were assisted in inverted mm. commas, and part of the song was sung by other session singers. Well, be tight, my slack and jaw. End of facts. Right, let's throw the curtains back and put farts up front. When this, when we started this act of cleaning up the charts and we discussed what, what was about to come about, I can all honestly say that this release was one of the first that jumped to mind. And obviously, when we talked about the list of what you want to get rid of, it's not important enough for me to think, oh, that's a right, I want it to wrong. But this is something that, at the time, you just thought, this can just be expunged. This can just go. It is absolutely meritless. I mean, I have no hate for the performers as they weren't aware that the Atom was being split on a decade and a bit at least of TV and talent show tie-in singles and like Robert Oppenheimer's optimism failing, both Robson and therefore Jerome must have had their head in the oven every time I say a zig and zag mighty bath in Power Rangers, Bob the Builder, I'll tell you, but at the top spot. Yet, I still only have sorrow for their faces. I could go down the route of this was the release that puffed the wind in Cowell's sails to ruin the entire planet with his sad fame hungry flapping dickheads. I could even throw a little light and involuntary memory by saying, oh, do you remember when Soldier Soldier was a thing and how clean cut these boys were and we didn't have mobile phones and kids played out instead of TikToking off their box in their rooms and shit. But I'm not going to do either of those things. I'm just going to shoot it on site. This is shite. It's the definite of insipid made eyes only to fleece menopausal mums of their wage packets artless vacuous bilge of the very highest order if it wasn't so risible it'd be worthy of applause at how smelly and rank this actually is top the charts for seven weeks and at the bottom of my heart until i drop dead get in the fucking bin um i'm assuming you and i are keeping craig (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, to be fair, up until about six, seven years ago, I'd completely forgotten this song existed until Jerome Flynn resurfaced as a major star in the hit TV show Game of Thrones and oh, became, shit, everyone suddenly yeah. remembered who he was. 
Yeah, it was, all of a sudden it was like, oh my God, Jerome Flynn's back and he's massive all over again. Do you remember when he was a singer? No? Yeah, get it in the bin. We don't need to discuss it further, do we? No. no. I need. I didn't really need to get that annoyed, but it needed to be delivered with some kind of passion. <laughs> Let's unanimise this bastard. <laughs> um, so that means, though, you've got to um, do a mucky dip. What do we do? What do we do with our number two? <laughs> do you want to find out? Yeah. So this is your random number two that is going into the Pantheon come hell or high Vasa. Glam. The one, the wanderer. Oh, no, sacks. What? Where are we here, Craig? Where are we? we, wish you were one. Oh, it's the Wombles. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so that is Wombling Merry Christmas, released in Christmas of 1974. <laughs> It got to number two and spent eight weeks <laughs> on the charts. Um, I mean, it was and also it still feels like it belongs. You, it was also released in West Germany, but failed to chart. Um, yeah. There was a minute. I mean, there was I, a minute. Well, it wasn't it, even a minute. I reckon there was 15 seconds where I looked at Craig's little box on the Zoom thing and we were like, we've discovered a forgotten glam gem. Oh, my God. <laughs> It's amazing. And then when the vocals started, the crushing reality of... Was it Mike Batt? Was the heater gentleman? It was indeed, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, you know, there you go. Anything anything but Robson and Jerome. Yeah, it's not Robson. Cucumber Castle is only... He's only felt relevant when it's worse than what's in the bin. And I'm sorry, that's elevated. Them's the rules. Poor Mel C. That's all I can say. Um, Uh, There's plenty more for her. She's got 11. She's got 11 number ones in there. Balls to her. She's got plenty of nearly as many as the Beatles. Did you enjoy that? Did you? Did you, you dirty fucker? (laughs) Well, if you enjoy that... (laughs) If you enjoy that, why not head over to patreon.com slash E-O-N-E podcast. You'll find all sorts of tasty treats over there as well. Here's a sample. Yeah, that was great. It might even have been one of Matt's service station reviews. Who knows? I've done we'll see what I, can't gets... do. I can't put another one let, on the taste there. Let, <laughs> let, let's see what gets added in post. It's all a mystery. <laughs> uh, just find us elsewhere. If, if you're unsure, listen to a previous pod. Let's bump the uh, bump the listening stats up. You can find all the details there. Just head to Patreon and give us some money. Give us your fucking money. <laughs> uh, Liam. <laughs> Um, right, so let's do a quick review of what's hitting the Pantheon today. So, in for me, it goes, shares Shoop Shoop song, brackets it's in his kiss, um, JJF by the RS, um, in, it's the riff, Craig has to admit that, and no, the no, no. incorrectly maligned Sonia has also snuck in in a fold of Mick Jagger's skin. Um, <laughs> Fuck. He's got a pleated face. <laughs> Fucking give me shelter. <laughs> you just stretch it out over you and put like a tent pole yeah. up there. You need um, ironing. So, uh, for Craig, Get It On uh, by uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex. 
baby coming baby come back no that's that's Pateo Banton um baby's coming back by McFly via jellyfish and boy George channeling the ghost of Ali Campbell's wet fart covering breads everything I own but in the Ken Booth style all went in and Matt's three Melanie Ch um with I turn to you Joe Cocker's bastardization of the Beatles, which makes it even longer and slower and duller. And Soldier, 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 Soldier with Robson and Jerome. Oh, it's Soldier, Soldier because there's two of them. Um, <laughs> and Robson and Jerome have all hit the bin, dragging <laughs> Melanie C down into the depths of the bin. In their place, we got the fucking Wombles. <laughs> A Christmas a novelty song from not, 1974. Not, not, even re- not even remember you're a Womble. A very Womble Christmas. Uh, yeah. Um, wombling Merry Christmas. And all I can hear is Mel C screaming Scouse obscenities in the background of the Womble. Things will never be the same again. While Uncle Bulgaria absolutely massacres Jerome. <laughs> Well, it seems fair that the Wombles should be rummaging through the bin, as that is what they did the best. Yeah. That's staying in. Wombling free. All right, thank you very much, chaps. I've had a wonderful time, and I believe that some rights have been right and other wrongs have been made wronger, but thank you ever so much, Mr. Craig Lowe. I was here. Liam, see you again. We, we At least we tried. Aye, we always try. And on that note, we'll leave you with what I view will be our song of the week. And this is Battle Rap. That's the beginning of the show where we shared with Cher. Just, just before we do this, oh. I'm looking at the album cover for this and it's from Love Hurts, this track. Yeah. And Cher's got like her arms up here, like above mm-hmm. her head. But you don't see her pits and her hair goes down here. I'm wondering if she's wearing a wig or if it is pit hair. That she's crafted hair comb over into uh, yeah. Go check it out, dear listener. And what I want you to do, listener, is get that picture on now and stare at it without blinking until the song fades. This is the Shoop Shoop song. Have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next week. Don't go changing. Bye.